0: Love, talk, radio. Hey, good morning everybody. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. My name is Kathy Anello. I am the author of the book, Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter. And I'm here today with my co-hostess, Carrie Butler, who's the owner of the Emergency Cafe in Los Angeles. Carrie's also a Ho'opono Forgiveness Coach, and today we're going to dive deep with author Tina Alexis Allen and her new book, Hiding Out, a Memoir of Drugs, Deception, and Double Lives. And Tina is the youngest of 13 children and grew up in a devout Catholic family. She, her story moved me so much uh, because of the flair of this story and the fact that I also grew up in a very Italian Catholic family. And there was a lot of things about this story that really just touched me in how we live our lives one way, perceived to the world, and what's really going on behind the scenes. So I want to welcome you, Tina, to the show, and good morning to my dear friend, Carrie Butler. How's everyone doing this morning?
1: Fantastic. So happy to be with you guys. Thank you for having me on today.
2: Oh, my gosh. uh, Tina, I'm so excited. There's so many places
0: (laughs) to go because... Just, I mean, besides your bio, which we're going to get into all the other things that you do, um, Yes, I I basically started reading this book uh, during a really difficult time where um, I was unraveling, you know, the, the effects of emotional and, and verbal abuse. And one of the oh things that I read, yeah, I immediately was like, okay, because there's no mistakes in the world, right? Like you, Isn't that you know truth? that something comes something comes into your life you're supposed to see it read it a person whatever and when i started reading your book and and really just a lot of, of how your father was and and towards your mother i was very triggered and so i would have to put it down and go wow but it's such a bigger problem you know like it's like this yes. is your story but your story is here to to help people like me and all the other people in the world who have been affected by this type of living so i think the first place that i just wanted to ask you about is really because this re- is such a revealing story. I mean, you don't hold yeah. back; you tell the truth, which you yes. know is part of what what this. But what brought you to finally write the book and
1: expose your story? Well, thank you for saying all that, and uh, I just want to say I'm, I'm I agree. There's no mysteries of uh, when things come across our our plate, and I'm glad that the book. Um, I'm sorry it happened, it's happening, but I'm also glad that it triggered you because, frankly, that is the underlying reason that I wrote the book. Um, in mm-hmm. other words, I don't feel I needed, you know, in needed to write this book for myself. I've been working with my story, and obviously there's a whole lot to it <laughs> uh, yeah. for many years, many platforms, uh, as an artist, uh, as an actress, as a playwright. I've written two solo shows that I've performed. I've played these characters live on stage. Um, I I, dove into traumas that have happened to me and crazy wild ride of a life that I've lived. And so the book for me is sort of a culmination of everything and an opportunity to share it without shame. Because I think, um, as you just described, the book in its, you know, I guess highest form for me is a mirror so it's, it is my life. It is purposefully detailed. Um, it's purposefully holding my own feet to the fire because there's never one side of anything. And who I became was a result of a lot of, you know, things that probably shouldn't have happened in, uh, in a normal life, but it wasn't, and I did. But the other side of it is then how do we take our story, and this one being so big, I almost feel a sense of responsibility, to give back and say, yeah, all this happened, but you don't have to end where you begin.
2: Wow. Right. That's, I mean, I was reading the book, I was looking at your bio. I mean, I, I like this is one of those, like, you just cannot make this stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, <laughs> <know>. what? Like, <laughs> wait, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, and her a-
1: teacher, and her brothers, and her father, and what? Not you know, um, yeah. It's a it's a very complicated um, life of you know a child having you know a, just a very fast and furious ride, and then what happens as a result of that? And I think everyone you know adults deal with this all the time. Things happen, different degrees of it, and then as you said, you know then then we're triggered. I just had a conversation. Yeah. I just want to say briefly that I just got off the phone with my niece, one of my many, many, many nieces. Uh, I have thirty-some nephews, nephews and nieces and great nephews. I bet you do. <laughs> on top of that, with thirteen, count with thirteen kids, thirteen right? kids. Oh my! Yeah, thirteen kids. I'm the youngest. And then, of course, we've got wow. now three generations going. so. There's there's a lot of people. But anyway, she shared something with me about you know getting triggered by something. In my book, and she's reading it very slowly. As a result, like like you yeah, described, yeah. you know, we get triggered. But but for me, that's that's the, that's the beauty of storytelling is that we mirror for each other and we hold you know hold the space for when you're ready to turn the page, when you're ready to look at your own stuff. So that's that's the answer to why I write, I wrote this book now. And really,
0: I think, and, and also for you for you just is that it was about exposing the truth mm. and you know, there's that yeah. old the truth shall set you free and uh yep. I what I realized reading your book was that that sometimes you have to you know in order to be whole you have to be able to tell truth that you never ever thought you would want to tell.
1: Sure or that you would feel sure, well, too embarrassed too gonna,
0: ashamed. Yeah if if nobody's going to force me to, to tell this truth, I'm not going to tell it, you know, because what will people think? But, but by writing this book, you kind of put it all out there and said, I don't care anymore what anybody thinks. I don't care about the opinions yeah. of others because by exposing my authentic, now I get to live like Tina. I just get to be Tina and I don't have to think about it. And that's the thing about truth telling is there's so less to remember. You just are clear and clean.
1: Yeah, yeah, clear and clean is a really good description of um, of how I feel and I think how most people probably feel when they're not carrying any more shame, especially if they've had, you know, some some big bumps in their lives. You know, it's like the the point of all of this, I think, you know, I think the point of being on this planet is freedom and joy. And we all get yeah. thrown curveballs, but if you go at it and don't hide under the covers – and worry about what the neighbors are going to think and just think, well, how am I going to get to a place of freedom? Then I think owning your story is a really good place to start.
0: Wow. Boy, I can't tell you how much I needed to hear that. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: I yeah. needed to hear
2: that. Yeah. Gina, I, I have a question. It's Carrie. I have a question. What do you yes, think Carrie. the biggest hurdle, I don't know if hurdle is the right word. Um, what do you think like, there was the shame Right. And then like, ultimately forgiveness, right. For your, like,
1: yeah.
2: you have to, I don't don't want to put words in your mouth. Like, do you feel that that was like the farthest thing? It's like, how am I going to ever forgive this? But then we all know that forgiveness is about ourselves so that we can be free, not the other person. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious about how forgiveness played a part in this for you. Well, you know, I think often about those
1: women, and they're usually women, but there's men too that, you know, we've all seen on TV every so often that, you know, they've lost a child, for example, um, to some heinous act. And we've listened to them say, I went and visited the perpetrator, you know, in jail, or I have sent a letter and I forgave, or I just forgave between me and you know my higher power or whatever i believe to be god you know i made peace and it is a it, it it's it's a very generous act to oneself we it's very hard to do you know staying in anger keeps us in control right so anger feels pretty good it definitely feels better than depression um and it's definitely better than mm-hmm. self destruction right. you know um and i had all of those going on for a long time But I think eventually owning all of it, including your own part. In other words, not blaming yourself. You know, obviously, if you're a child and something happens, there's no blame. Um, But then who did you become as a result? And maybe who even have Mm -hmm. you harmed? And I think when we get a balanced look at our life, the whole package, you know, I think it's then easier to forgive um, I you know, my creative life has helped me a lot, you know, performing, playing my father mm-hmm. on stage um, you know, walking in someone else's shoes, playing my mother, seeing things from different angles is really helpful. Mm. And I think all that has contributed to getting to a place of forgiveness. Um, you know, one of the obstacles, um or one of the challenges, um, you know, some in my family I'm sure wish that I, you know, just kept it all under wraps and and that's sure. fine they get to feel that way um some are very you know proud and get it that um transparency is a road to freedom um that said um i think when we are still holding on to shame um we get in the way of maybe le- leaving a bigger legacy and actually being of service which i think is the is the ultimate goal right is to be in a place mm-hmm. where you can give back and, you know, reach a hand back. And, you know, that's that's what I hope to do in my life now that I've lived it and survived it and I'm not in a straight jacket and I, I live a happy life and it's like I feel a responsibility now. And um, that feels really wonderful, you know. You
0: know, I wanted to touch back to the shame piece of this, um, you know, because, Shame is something that unless you are exposed, you don't necessarily feel it. And then once that exposure comes, you <laughs> have to sort of own this stuff to people and go, oh, yeah, that day I was smiling, I was really feeling this. And people kind mm-hmm. of go, wait, what? Like this was going on and we didn't know about it? And, we, you know. and yeah. the shame piece for me particularly, you know, personally, was that was self-shame. It wasn't even that I was That's ashamed right. of what other people thought, but it was this shame piece that I thought, how did I let myself down? How did, like, even, yes. you know, I, I mean, and, and to touch on some of the stuff that your mom went through, I mean, like, like your mom for me is like the pillar of a woman because in some ways, in some ways, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, leave him, you know, don't take him. Yes, so was I, I, I my it. whole childhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and And I think the first thing that I, you know, the way your father talked to your mom about her weight or the way that she, Uh, she had to stoically hold it together for the children, which is what I believe, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you know that she did. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but the shame piece is that now everybody knows what I did, even though I was stoic, Mm -hmm. even though I kept it going, even though I was like, okay, go get your clothes folded in the, you know, after a, a record hits me in the leg, you know, like the type yeah. of things that happened in your family, she totally kept it together until a lie was exposed, and then she realized That's she'd right. been living a completely different life for so many years that she was like,
1: "That's it. Like she had to face That's it." That was, and amazing. I do share, was, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, the fact I was just going to say, you know, I do I do share later in the book when I I, I do jump time um, uh, at the end of the book, although the book is told you know from my sort of young adult eighteen to early twenties uh-huh. voice, um, I do jump time, and one of the things that I that I share uh, in that of course is that she did find her way to therapy, and I think when we get exposed yeah. and we've been living. Um, inside of lies and secrets whether we're conscious or pushing it down or you know I think sweeping under the carpet was a way of being in the 50s and 60s uh, I think that was sort yeah. of a modus operandi for a lot of households like we'll just pretend it didn't happen you know we'll just look mm-hmm. the other way I mean it still exists um, absolutely but I think we have the chance to you know therapy's more embraced and twelve step programs or you know not something to hide or be shameful of uh, for most people um, getting help going into treatment you know all those things where I think back in the day it wasn't it wasn't as easy for sure um, but definitely you know holding up the model of this is a family, this is who we are and that's just that's just keeping us away from I think intimacy like that's just sort of my personal opinion about secrets and lies is at its worst, it prevents us from being intimate. I mean, free, yes, of course, that's obvious. But in a way, it also prevents us from being authentic and intimate when mm-hmm. we can't be transparent. Mm-hmm. And I think families really suffer a lot by having to hold on to this, like, well, let's me just um, let just keep this secret going. And I think my mother thought that was the thing to do, definitely was, I'm yeah. sure, protecting us where was she going to go yeah. with 13 kids anyway uh and support that and she was very catholic as my dad was very devout yeah. um so divorce was not an option um never probably would have crossed her mind and you know it's 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 a complicated thing you know um putting rules before your well-being is is I don't really think the way to go, but uh there was a time where people really believed that was the thing to do
2: absolutely because if not you're you know you're going to hell yes, basically so. i mean it's, yes. yeah, especially yeah. like in the in the Catholic world, you know it's like if you i mean i like and and it's i it's amazing to me because a lot of the things that you experienced in your life were so what the Catholic Church, you know, was like, totally like, no, you know, like it was right. It was amazing, you know, like your dad yeah, being yeah. gay, you being gay, you know, yeah. it's like, what? And, like, and oh, you know, yeah, and, and that Catholic level stuff. of devotion, yes. And
1: how does one compartmentalize and live a life and um, and act that way? And, and I think that was, you know, challenging to see as a child too, just the, hypocrisy and knowing that not that i i mean obviously i found out at 18 that's that's on the back cover so i'm not (laughs) spoiling um but yes at 18 finding that yeah finding out that secret from him directly uh a man who i didn't like who i did feel a lot of anger towards and um as i say i didn't think he even liked me very much from his the way that he acted at home and then treating my mother so poorly. I, I just didn't like the guy. And then all of a sudden he shared this secret with me, you know, about his uh, being gay or, you know, obviously having had lovers and I mean, having lovers. Having lovers and yeah. I, Yeah, and still having lovers. And, um, and me being in the closet myself, having been with the woman at the time and, you know, just starting to share that secret was so complicated. Um, and yet I also got a dad, so it was very – Uh, bittersweet like I I didn't know at the time because who knows at 18 and with the childhood I had I was just like running fast you know running away running to anything that would I'm sure numb it and forget it and you know keep it at bay Um, doing my version of what I guess my mother did but just using different tools you know but anyway yeah I think all those secrets and lies they pay a, you know, we pay a big price, and shame is definitely at the core. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's first the shame we feel for not really living our life uh, honestly. Yeah. And we have yeah. to, like, kind of have a, you know, meeting, me, meet that first before we start really being like, oh, the neighbors. <laughs> That's just a cover. Like, yeah. I don't want the neighbors to know. No, I don't think you want to deal with it. That's what I think is really going on. It's not the shame right. of the family. Well, yeah, what you really are upset is about the is, the is you haven't faced, yeah.
0: Yeah, the neighbors actually do know. That's what you end up finding out. Where it's like, even though you don't right? want the neighbors to know, yeah. everybody knows, yeah. but nobody talks about it. And then when it comes out, they're like, well, we knew all the time, you know. So exactly very interesting. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the stories in your book, and I hope this isn't giving away too much, because I I hate to give away a book that has such a fast pace that you want to get to the next page. But one of the stories was that um, you were actually in a relationship with a much older person when you were younger and didn't have any awareness at the time that that was unacceptable or that was wrong until much later. And then you came back years later, which we're seeing many women do today, who are saying, Mm -hmm. oh, you mean I still have a voice after 10 years? Like I didn't realize I could or I didn't realize I did. And um, that you uh, decided that that wasn't okay with what happened to you as a child with this this person and that it was time Mm -hmm. for you to expose it. And then you had a softening of the heart. And if you want to just maybe lend a little bit to that.
1: Sure. So when I was 11 and I had already – yeah, I'd already been, um, you know, sexualized by two of my brothers. Um, this is this and the teacher story I'm about to share is not even really the heart of the book, but I think it's the context for the book because the book is right. really later in life. So it's not in real time, but I do reference it, um, and it's certainly really important context for my own behavior and then the lies that my father and I carry. So uh, the tip of the iceberg of the book <laughs> is just that um, – I had been sexualized by my, by two of my brothers. And then by the time I, I was 11, that had happened. Um, my middle school teacher, a woman, um, basically seduced me. And I was a willing participant. Um, I really was, I look back thinking I was a an 11-year-old who, you know, had been sexualized, thought that's what, you know, happened with adults because it had happened to me um with my adult brothers and um and i and and then there was this other piece which is she gave me a lot of attention you know saturday lunches Mm -hmm. and tutoring and being the special um student of the cool teacher Mm -hmm. and all of that and and the pair of warm arms and um all of it and so it didn't seem to me of course i knew because she would say um you can't tell anyone and you know all those things And obviously I knew just from you know I'm I'm 11 but I'm still 11 or 12 and it went on for a few years till I uh left grade school so that till I was in 8th grade so it was almost 3 years um so it wasn't like a you know this happened once or twice it it, it and that's what the condition yeah, yeah. was that I do write about yeah. um that you probably read my essay in psychology today about it where I yeah. um Even in the book, people who read the books sometimes ask me, well, it seems like you sort of talk about it sweetly. Well, because I write the book in first person, and by the time I was into my early 20s, I think I was still protecting the idea that it was a relationship, that it was, you know, I was just old for my age or mature for my age or you don't really understand. And, uh, you know, I almost looked at it like pride, like, oh, I was so this and that that I had this. And it was, I don't know like an ego sort of way to probably cover the pain or maybe avoid that maybe it wasn't right or did she love me and, you know, all that stuff. And anyway, um, in my running, I didn't face it. But when I got to be about 27, which was the age she was when we were together, I looked at an 11-year-old, you know, I started looking around and like all of a sudden it hit me one day like I would never, like how could I, That that's what I was like that's what happened at that age it was like like a you know bolt of lightning and i was like that's when i started to unravel like that's not right that it doesn't matter like you could have found a different way to help me yes i was a wild child it was it, was, a power,
0: it was it's pretty powerful that um you know that you the, you came back and as part of your healing to try and just you know, like you said, like we, they, the people who go to jail to see the person that, you know, killed their daughter or whatever. It's like, you have to have that closure piece. And I think closure is really important for healing. Um, Some people, we don't, we don't get closure all the time, you know, like, so then Mm -hmm. it's by, by these actions and writing and Mm -hmm. and getting your own closure. And and I really appreciated that. Um, I loved your quote, transparency is the road to freedom. I'm going to I'm going to quote that today for you. I'm going to make a quote because I really like it. Please do. Yeah. So let's let's move into something. So you are an actress. Tell us about your actress life.
1: Well, I actually came to acting uh, a little later in life. I had a career. I have an MBA, and I went sort of the business path into fashion in New York City in, in my 20s. When I was nearly 30, I had an epiphany, and I wasn't very happy, and frankly, I think my my onion uh could not just stay wrapped up anymore, and it was time to peel it so i i took took time off from my career, kind of frankly walked away from it to be honest and uh <laughs> just left and then realized you know I wasn't happy and Anyway, I found my way strangely to acting, which I had never done—not uh, even like high school plays. It just wasn't in my wow. in my life. Um, I was an athlete, and that was that's what I was uh, how I identified before business school and then a career. But anyway, I yeah, I started acting, and uh, I got lucky. I studied with some super brilliant still in my life Susan Batson. Um, coaches Oprah and lots of Nicole Kidman and uh, and Sandra Seacat, who was really instrumental uh, teaching me about using dreams um, creatively uh, in the work, um, which really is about using the unconscious. So I found thankfully people uh, who were my mentors that were really about the truth. Simply like really the truth like really using yourself your life your stuff so I found like you found my book at the right time I found these people at the right time and mm-hmm. that is exactly the path I was so acting and and maybe in way my healing they they kind of gone hand in hand um, you know and and then I did a lot of autobiographical stuff like wrote a few solo shows that were you know family and stuff um so that that was also a process and yeah so um fast forward i was on outsiders um with david morse a great actor in a big ensemble uh playing appalachian uh woman um for the last few years and that just ended Uh, the series went off off air um but yeah movies theater um I'm about to direct a play. I'm going to, of course, (laughs) it's extremities. I'm not sure if you know that play, but it's kind of, um, ironic that, um, that landed in my lap. Um, it's about a woman who's uh, assaulted or an attempted rape happens and she turns the tables. And it was it's back in the 80s, uh, was written and Sarah Fawcett did it as a movie, actually. So I'm going to direct that in L.A. this summer. Um, wow. At the new oh, we'll come yes, um, Yeah, so I'm very excited well, about well, that. Will
0: it, played, and, will it be played in Los Angeles this summer?
1: Yes, it's going to be in L.A. at the New Collective Theater. It's Theater Row in Hollywood, and it's going to play the first three weekends in August. So um, it's going to be great. Wow. It's a wonderful cast. Really I'd wonderful. I'd love to come to that. Yeah. Uh, please, yes, yes, yes. We, 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 it's, it's an important time, and it's, it's interesting how in the eighties that this story was written, and um, it's just still incredibly timely. And what's most interesting yes. is that these three women, um, the one who is attempted rape, um, has the attempted rape on her, and then the two roommates, they all have these different perspectives, you know, like one wants to kill him, one wants to forgive him, one wants to call the police. Um, you know, one wow. has been raped in the past, so she doesn't think, you know, it's going to be it's going to make a difference. So it's just really interesting and it's an important time. And we're going to do some talk backs that include uh, definitely the male perspective and discuss me too. And a lot of things because, you know, we do need the guy's voices in this conversation.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a two way thing, you know, it's a two way street there. That's fantastic. Well, and I know that we have some book signings coming up for you as well. So share with our listeners where that's happening because that's so cool. I know. I'm so excited. Um, So I'll be Mm -hmm. signing and actually
1: talking uh, in Santa Barbara uh, next week. So on June 5th um, at 7 o'clock at Chaucer's, which is on State Street, downtown um, Santa Barbara. And then on Thursday, uh, June 7th at 4 p.m., I'll be in Montecito um, Tecolote Tecalote, uh, bookshop. So, um, two chances to come, uh, talk Q and a, um, and, uh, I'm sure we always have really good discussions. I did a, I did a discussion with, uh, Tatum O'Neill interviewed me at Barnes and Noble in March when the book came out and the conversation right. was so powerful. You know, people are really, I uh, really hope people read the book because there's so many themes that are important. And, um, um, it, it's just a good time, uh, I think, to read such a, a big, bold story.
2: <laughs> I really Absolutely. agree. I
1: really agree. Yeah.
2: Are you going to be um, – Tina, are you going to be in uh, uh, Los Angeles anytime, or was that Barnes & Noble in Los Angeles? Or? It was, um, and I'm yes, I did that.
1: And uh, that Barnes & Noble, yes, was at the Grove, and that was in March. And so I did sort of a swing then. Um, and then, um, now I'll go to Santa Barbara. I'm in LA now, but actually I don't have any book signings this trip in, uh, in LA, but I'll probably, you know, swing back again, but now I'm sort of hitting other places. I've got some, uh, book signings and now book clubs of course are, are asking for, you know, discussions and that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories. I mean, it's, it's really about their story, um, which is very exciting. Um, you know, to hear how people, and I get, you know, people reaching out to me all the time, guys too, you know, like this, this triggered this memory, or I remember this happened yeah. to me, or I haven't told anyone right. this. And that's the, you know, that's the beauty of it all, right?
0: And, and so, so that's Absolutely. what you're doing now. You're in Los Angeles and you live in New York. You're directing a play. you you've written this book, uh, What's your life like today? Besides, like all the glamour, like what's what's a normal day in the life of Tina Alexis Allen after all of this? Yeah, I mean, That's what I want to know? What's that? What was that? I said, how does life get back to normal after like these life changing events? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, it's um, it, it feels like it's um sort of ebbing and flowing with, you know, I'm out there, uh, like this morning, I'm out there with you and your beautiful listeners. And then, you know, there's, there's yoga to fill it back up and meditation Uh and hikes, which I love to do. I love to, to be in LA because I love the weather and nature and all that. So, you know, balancing it filled up, you know, dream workshops, Uh, Did last week for five hours to sort of fill up the tank. Um, Thinking about my next book. I'm actually writing two screenplays right now for hire. One, I'm in a full rewrite. So that's like, you know, I'll spend three, four hours today in in the rewrite of that. Um, Friday, I auditioned for a series uh, regular for a TV show. So it's, um, you know, it's beautiful because I love what I do. You know, I feel like fully immersed in bouncing back from writer to actor um, and I also have a socially conscious jewelry line which I started with my partner um, about three years ago and we take bullets and we transform them into beautiful pieces of jewelry and then we give back oh. to um, you know um, nonprofits basically that support peace and um, yeah it just felt like a we wanted to do something to give back and it's awfully timely today that's for sure um oh my gosh, but yeah a yes. lot of the pieces you wouldn't even know but the idea of course is again transformation right so um yeah none of it feels like work and that's the good news it's just like yeah. moving You're and living just living lo- yeah, just, yeah living. just living and yeah, I'm going to go do like a a thing with a recovery house in Orange County that I reached out to people who are spe- they specialize in healing trauma, um, and that's really important to me. And I'm happy to go down and you know go anywhere and just you know be of service and talk. So it's like right, that's my right. that's sort of my life. This and that and this and that and it, yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So beautiful.
0: Well, and so, so one more question., yeah, I want to know where we yes, can you find yes. your jewelry. Let us know and where and, and you have, obviously you're probably on Facebook and, and Instagram, and so oh, if you yeah. want to just give us all the places A to find your jewelry and where people can find you on social media.
1: Of course, of course. Well, um, first of all, the jewelry um, uh, brand um, is called Gina Raffaella, R-A-P-H-A-E-L-A, jewelry. That's my partner's name, and she's the designer of the jewelry. um, You can find that online, GinaRaffaella.com. Um, com, excuse me. And then mm-hmm. any of uh, all social media, uh, basically, I'm at TinaAlexisAllen. And I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I love to engage with my readers. Um, you'll see I have a campaign of all of my readers. I just post my readers reading all over the world. It's really fun to see them. Yeah, I haven't um,
0: posted my picture yet, but I will,
1: I promise. Yeah, I want it, please. Yes, yeah. I will. I will. Um, I'm I've getting just beach pictures. Yeah. Well, when Megyn Kelly told me um, when I was interviewed by her that she had read my book cover to cover coming back from uh, on the airplane with interviewing Putin, of all things. Um, Oh, my God. God, (laughs) And she's like, I couldn't put it down. She's like, I was I was thinking I'd watch a movie and just sleep because I was really tired. And, you know, sort of, you know, read some of the book because I can't read every book like cover to cover. She said yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't right. put it down. And I thought this is a good thing. People need to know when they're traveling. If they have a long flight, this is a good book for that. So I've been posting people yeah. like on planes and Beaches and any all that um, but yeah you can and you can get my book of course at Amazon uh, I yes. recorded the audiobook myself so if you like audiobooks you can definitely get the whole acting experience with all the voices and characters mm-hmm. um, and Barnes and Noble and in LA yeah. book book soup skylight books um, a whole slew of indies um, those are the ones that are popping into yeah. my head and um, yeah and, and Barnes and noble uh, as well so lots
2: of choices wow that's so fantastic yeah that's so amazing yeah. tina thank you so much for being on our show today we just cannot thank you enough i'm sitting here just thinking about how how blessed you must feel to be i mean yes you went through such a, a horrendous situation but The fact that people are reaching out to you and sharing their stories with you, like what honor, like what a sacred thing for people to feel safe with you and just know that they can, you know, like that you've created such a place for them that they can share something that, that happened to them. I just, what a beautiful gift that you're giving everybody that, that shares with you.
1: Thank yeah. you. You know, I, I really welcome it. Um, I, I I encourage people to reach out. Any thoughts, you know, about the book when they read, after they read? Um, and I think that, you know, when we are specific with our stories, it does create um, a, a, a bigger platform for people to step into. I think when we're a little more generic and general about what happened to us, it's fine and and that's appropriate in some cases, but I feel like when you when you write uh, specifically, I think the more specific one is the more uh, of an opening other people have to go. Wow, she shared all that. That's pretty brave. So maybe I can say that. Maybe I can own that. And that's really what the point is. So yeah, I love it. I'm. It's, it's what it's all about. So I, I welcome it from anyone. Wow.
0: Thank you for that because it really just our conversation today has actually helped me in a lot of ways. I, I think oh, when we're going so through things that. that we have, yeah, that we haven't, you know, like I'm still in kind of the middle of something so I don't get to say, Oh, this is what happened. It's like, I'm in the trudge. And you're when in you're it. in the trudge, yeah, it's hard to to say what should I do next or who can I talk to? Like who's safe? And, and, you know, I, That's there's right. a quote by my, beautiful, dear life coach, Nancy Levin, who you probably know or have heard of because I know I found you through mm-hmm. Christy Newell, who I found through Nancy Levin. So there was like this whole piece ah. of in But what she said yes. uh, in her own book was something that has stuck with me forever. And, and she said, 18 years is a long time to hold up a mask. And mm. that quote yeah. really has helped me say, that's a wasted life. Because if you have to hold yeah. a mask up for 18 years to, to get through, you know, you can't yeah. regret what happens, but you can now say, off comes the mask, like you just said, I'm going to share more than I would ever have thought of sharing, and one person is going to say, oh, my God, thank you. And so, Tina, this mm-hmm. is me saying, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I definitely am going to come down to Los Angeles in August and I go to, I don't go a lot now, but I am planning to go a lot now. And, um, and I'd love to to make a weekend with Carrie and and come and see your show. So I will stay connected with you on on our email and touch base with that and
1: maybe do coffee when we come to LA. (laughs) Oh, I would love that. And, and you run a a cafe, uh, Carrie, in in, uh, LA.
2: Well, actually it's, I actually don't, it's called emergency cafe, but I teach emergency preparedness and I have a line of oh. emergency um, backpacks. And, and so my, I needed a little hook. So my, um, Oh, my, that's uh, website, Okay. Now I get it. I'm
1: like, wow, she's like,
2: She's like multi-talented. She's got all kinds of stuff going on. Okay, well, now is. I get it. She is. I'll toot her horn. She's yeah. multi-talented. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
2: but, so my ordering is a menu, and so like I have the price fix, which is the um, kits themselves, and then we have something called a la carte, which are just little add-ons and stuff. So that's um,
1: that's so cute. Our, that's
2: awesome. What a great you. name. Thank you. Yeah, my chat right is serving. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, we live in LA country here, so yes, we and it's a coming. You need so it. We got to make sure we're yes. prepared. Yeah, absolutely, Amen. absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, my dear. Okay, good. Thank you so much, you ladies. Uh, you're doing wonderful, wonderful work yourselves, and uh, every time you go on air, you're being of service. So don't forget that. Oh. Thanks for that reminder. Thank you. We, we do so it. much. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you, guys, for having me on today.
0: All right, and Tina, I'll send you a uh, I'll send you the the link to the podcast as soon as it comes out, which is sometime this afternoon.
1: Oh, fantastic! I uh, can't wait. I'm yeah, gonna send it on. Share it, yeah, you Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna sa- yeah. share it with uh, everyone, but specifically she needs to hear this today, so it's uh, it's good timing.
0: I love that. Are that we off air? Feel warm? Nope, we're going off air yeah. right now. Um, Okay, Okay. well, actually, we're not going off air right now because what we have to do, and you're welcome to stay on, is Carrie and I always pull a card at the end of the show. And so I'm going to pull a card. And and so I am using the Ascended Masters Oracle card deck today. And the card that I have pulled is crystals, which is interesting because I I pulled this card twice now and really what the crystal card is it's just a sign basically that i would benefit you will, you'll benefit from working with crystals and carrying those crystals for healing and protection and just knowing that we have a connection with with the with the earth with crystals and so if anyone's feeling you know any pain or you're going through something a lot of times just grabbing a crystal and holding it in your hand will give you sort of that grounding and healing that you need. So
2: that's today's card, crystals.
0: That's beautiful. Awesome,
2: babe. Okay, and I pulled such an exciting card. Um, I, so I always use the mermaids and dolphins. Well, not always, but this is my favorite deck of the world, mermaids and dolphins, because it's a lighter deck. And the uh, card that I pulled today is Divine Magic. And it says, mm-hmm. extra magical energy surrounds your situation right now. Expect miracles. So, I love that. I'm very I excited. Love it. Okay, and the <laughs> last, great.
0: the last, the last piece from uh, from the Best Life Cafe is our Wayne Dyer Wednesday. We're both huge Wayne Dyer, uh, Wayne Dyer followers, and today's quote says, "Begin with the end in mind." Start with the end outcome and work backwards to make your dreams possible.
1: Hmm. That's it. That's it. I love that. Because, because again, we don't have to end where we began. I think if you're seeing the beautiful end uh, that you really, really, really want, um, that's the place to begin. It's beautiful. I love that. I love that.
0: All right, my dears. Uh, we will reconvene uh, after the show. Uh, we'll give you a quick call back, Tina. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for all your support. Promote, share, review, rate. We love to have your input. Message us anytime. And uh, have a beautiful day.
2: Aloha, Bye, everybody. Guys. everybody. Mwah. Bye.